Welcome to episode 61 of Drew's Sports Crew. We are back here now, one after 60. We celebrate episode 60, now 61 here. We are joined by Justin Brenner of the UWM Post. He was on the MLB free agent preview um, slash recap episode he ran in December. Look, it was interesting time because of the lockout, right? We did right before the lockout began at that time. So, Justin, it's great to have you back on. And how are you doing here on this Sunday morning? Uh, let me just say it's great to be back on. And I'm doing I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, full disclosure, as you heard, we are recording on this Sunday morning, which kind of affects the Brewer Prediction Challenge, as you are hearing this Monday. We'll be able to share our winner via our Instagram story, but unfortunately, I'll, and I'll share why we can't share the winner yet. You know, the Brewer Prediction Challenge has been tight these past few weeks. Always fun. You'll hear Justin's take. He gets to compete in this week's edition. So, yeah, let's get right into it here. We got to talk, though, about some big announcements, right? You, If you have not saw, we have our live show in the books right now. It is on for June 3rd, 7 p.m., and this is at the 1212 Sports Pub and Grill. So if you can make it out to Oshkosh, the 1212, it is, look, it's a great place. We, we looked through their menu, fantastic menu, right? And just to kind of advertise the show a little bit, right? So it's going to be Journey to a Million. That's kind of like our Friday, Wednesday, Friday, where we've been throwing some Wednesday episodes in there. And what we're going to be doing, we are unveiling the new logo and name change announcement. This is going to be exciting. As I've said, I've worked, been working with my team now for a while on this logo. And let me tell you, it looks fantastic. I'm excited to unveil this on June 3rd. And then also, the, of course, the name change. But yeah, during the episode, we'll be talking all things NFL and Packer related, right? Being Journey Million, Zach Rouse, Jared Lusky, and myself. And then also, there will be trivia with free prizes. So yeah, you know, it's a... June 3rd to Friday night, if you can make your way to Oshkosh, everyone who's listening, anyone who's listening, I recommend to do so. It's going to be a great time. And look, free stuff, excellent food, and sports. I don't think it gets any better than that. But, yeah, there's my little plug there. But, yeah, more info on our Instagram, Drew underscore sports crew on that. But also subscribe to our YouTube channel, right? We are almost at 60 subscribers. I know, small number, but we just post the audio on there. We have not implemented that video component yet as we are mostly on apple Podcasts, right your spotify and other listening platforms as such so yeah with that here justin now it's your turn shout out of the week who is it going to oh you know thinking about it before i was thinking adamas but actually i gotta i i'm gonna switch it up last minute here and go with christian yelich um i know that he has been just killing it lately um I saw a stat, I think it was like the last seven games he's hitting like 400 and he's got like a couple home runs. OPS is up above, I think, 1.5. He's been killing it lately. Um, Looks like he's finally, the advanced stats have said he's due for a breakout for a long time now. And I think he might finally be hitting stride this season. And it's amazing to see. It's so weird. We have to call it like kind of like a breakout. I'd say, yeah, more of like a comeback, right? Well, yeah, comeback, but like. I agree, yeah. After two seasons, it's. He's finally back. Um, yeah. So um, hopefully, I mean, the big thing for me has been the exit velo, right? Exit velo is through the mm-hmm. roof right now. I know, like, especially in that Cincinnati series, like he was hitting the ball 106, 111, yeah, hard 110. He's been doing right? really this well. Is, it's just he's been getting unlucky. I think, yeah. A lot yeah. Of and 
a lot of the concern too was with his back, right? I mean, when we saw him struggle in 2020, he, there was he wasn't right. I mean, he should have been shut down. It almost looked like with with how his back was reacting because he could just he couldn't just catch up to the pitches, and then it seemed he was just he was tough on off speed, right? But he's still been like the, these past few years, he still has been solid at getting on base. It's not like even the last year, right? Power numbers were way down. Uh, Mm-hmm. His OVP was still above average, right? He was walking at above average rate. And I, I mean, there's still, you know, great aspects to his game, even when he's like not who he is. And that's still, that's what makes him such a great player. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, talking now here, let's go to the stats of the week. Or let, let me say that again here. The stats of the week. Got to have that emphasis on that S, but oh, yeah, we do have some good ones here. I love to incorporate, you know, as, um, the Braves are starting to play more series against more teams. They have to go on more rings, right? Because, you know, if you play for them, no matter how small it is during the regular season, you do in fact get a ring, right? That's how it works mm-hmm. in sports. And I got some good ones here. Terrence score his career playoff at bats two. He has only two career at bats in the playoffs, but he's three world series rings. How about that? That's that's insane. That is that's... talk professional runner. That's what he is. A pinch runner. I would, I would love to have that. I mean, you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, that's that's insane. There, Quentin Barry, another guy, you know, who's the Brewers' first base coach right now, was a mm-hmm. was a a pinch running specialist. So, found oh. that interesting. Relief yeah, pitcher Carl Edwards Jr. So that former Cub, and then he played for the Braves a little last year, and he got his World Series ring last week, May fourth, and he only got one out for the Braves last season, <laughs> one out, and he gets his World Series ring. Just found both of those interesting. Still get their rings. Yep. Let's talk about this one. This one's one of my favorite. So Wednesday, May the 4th, in, was the debut of the ballplayer bell. And oh, I love happy I love hour. It's bell. Quentin Mary is the guy you got to credit for the, the mm-hmm. bell, right? There's a very nice story about how he put it together. And he's had to he's been the one fixing it, the repairman. As <laughs> Willie Thomas um hits a lot of home runs, so it's been broken, oh, yeah. but in the debut of the ball player bell, Brewers beat the Reds, scoring 18 runs on 17 hits, and it was their largest margin of victory, 18 to 4, ever against Cincinnati. I was at that game. Kyle Farmer hit me a foul ball. That was a treat. So that was that was quite the game there. And look, the bell has done its work so far. It made oh, its yeah. trip to Atlanta and it's all stitched up. Credit again, Quentin Berry learning how to repair it as fast as possible. And look, I love the, as you said, you love the bell as well. And the bells brought the Brewers good fortune. So we All better right. hope the bell, the bell's there for to stay. And next stat here for shutouts and for the Los Angeles angels, this is for their pitchers in 2021. They only had four shutouts out by done by their pitching staff already in 2022. They have five shutouts. So, Look, this Angels team has improved. I mean, talk about they've had nice breakouts from guys like Taylor Ward. You know, Syndergaard has rebounded pretty nicely. Uh, Otani's pitching like a top 10 pitcher in the game as well as still raking now as a hitter. So, look, this Angels team might be a force. This might be the year they get over the hump, which I, you know, might have might have been something that I didn't even think they might have done because, look, Rendon's back as well. Uh, you know, Justin, this Angels team, they could be they, they could be the division champ. I, I think playoffs is certainly now, you know, they, they got to be favored to make the playoffs here. But what do you think about this Angels squad? It, it's definitely an interesting uh, thing with the Angels because they've always had 
you know, the at least one superstar in Trout. And, but they've never been able to put it together. But now, like you said, people like Taylor Ward, even Jared Walsh earlier in the season are starting to step up. And if Otani, you know, he's underperforming a little bit hitting right now, um, you know, not getting as many hits as the team would like. But I mean, even if he steps it up a little bit more, I think this team definitely wins um, the AL West they're in. Um, yeah, I think they definitely win the AL West. I think they just barely will beat out the Astros. And I think they have they have an opportunity to make a deep playoff run, especially in an AL where, you know, you have to worry about the Yankees and the Rays. But, I mean, besides the Astros, there's not too much to worry about. Maybe the Twins this year, though. The Twins are an odd case, though. They, they're good one year and then they're bad the next. So I don't know how they'll play down the stretch. But looking at it early, I think the Angels could definitely win that AL West. Oh, for sure, right? They're certainly in the question there. I, we, Alex Trowbridge, who was on last week, talked about we talked about this because I, you know, they they were batting Otani leadoff, and I absolutely hate that they're batting him leadoff. Look, That's he's not, not he's not an OBP guy. He, yeah, this is just a quick little rant here. He he's a guy you know who needs to bat second or third, right? He's gonna bat run. He's gonna be your RBI man. I I I always said you bat you bat Ward first. You bat a guy like mm-hmm. that first. You bat. Trout second, you bat Otani third, right? And look, or even Rendon third, Otani. Oh yeah, no, like, look, you gotta give Otani opportunities to drive in runs. And right now they're, they're batting him like he's this OBP guy against Joe Madden. Joe Madden does weird things. Look, we point Joe to Madden, Corey well, Seager. I mean, the intentional walk. Yeah, um, that that's Joe Madden. Let's talk now. Next stat here: Pat Connaughton. He passed Ray Allen for the second most made three pointers in Bucks history, playoff history, I should say. So oh yeah, add that in there. So, yeah, Bucks playoffs. Alec Pat Connaughton's been here for a while now, and mm-hmm. he's been one of those I, unsung heroes. I think, if yeah, you look I, I love Connaughton personally. Sorry if I cut you off there. No, you're good. Um, I love him. I mean, the dunk contest a couple of years ago that was amazing to watch. Yeah, I'm happy that he's hopefully getting his due. I mean, last this year he had a, he had a pretty good year. Um, I was happy to see that he seems like he kind of you know made a pretty big step up three more points per game this year. Um, a lot, a lot of the other numbers look the same, but he's, he's really kind of, uh, free throw numbers are, he's really kind of putting it together and with Middleton um, out right now too. Yeah. And when, with Middleton out right now, and you know, he's, he's kind of, he's being that he has that, I feel like he has that next man up mentality right now. And which is really good because I think it is a contract year for him. And I would like to, I would like the bucks to lock him down for a couple more years. Oh, for sure. That's my concern because he could go get starter money somewhere else. He could go make 10, 10 to 15 mil, maybe even a there year. Are plenty like, of teams that would probably pay for him. It's like start. Bobby Portis, just like last year, right? People would pay. Hopefully he takes that, you know, that, that discount, right? Well, but, a lot of people thought, including myself, thought Bobby would leave. Oh, yeah. Back, yeah. So. yeah. Now he takes that discount. Very nice. Uh, next one here. Last one. Bucks sat again. The get in price for Bucks game three was $52 only, right? And I say only there because... Meanwhile, we get in price for the Warriors game three in San Francisco, $325 for a yep. semifinal game three. Yep. It was a great game. Look, I mean, it might have been worth it there with the with the Warriors blowing out the Grizzlies at home. So well, that was a phenomenal well, game. Worth there, it but... for the worth it for the Warriors fans. Yeah. But look, I that's... think great games would I think great games are close battles, but like the Bucks wow. and Boston. But yeah, yeah which we'll talk I mean, about later. You got to you got to look at the star power. I mean, well, one Golden State where they play, it's 
there's a lot more people with money and there's a lot more people. And you got to think you're seeing John Morant, you're seeing Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, a lot of huge names. You come to Boston, Milwaukee, it's Milwaukee, so it's a smaller city. Not as much money is flowing, smaller market. And yes, you're seeing guys like Giannis and um, like Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, but compare anybody but Giannis to people like Steph Curry and they're going to be smaller. So you're, you're really paying just for big market versus well. big market versus small market at the end of the day. It's exactly yep. how it rolls. Anxious to see what the game five price is getting priced for when it's in at the garden, TD Garden in Boston. So probably higher than milwaukee oh yeah for sure we'll have to wait and see there but hey on this day now monday may 9th 2022 is the date but we're going back here to 1901 to start cleveland's earl moore he no hits chicago the chicago white Sox in nine inning but he loses in the 10th four to two so the team overall loses of course but he gets the loss when he no hit a team for nine innings Look, that's baseball sometimes, and it goes back to 1901, too. On this day here, 1937, the Reds beat the Phillies 21 to 10. Maybe we should say the Bengals, they beat the Eagles there if it's 21 to 10 there. But Ernie Lombardi, he does go six for six in that game on this day in 1973. For the second time in his career, Johnny Bench hits three home runs in a game on this day. I found this one enjoyable on in 1984, the Chicago White Sox. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers 7-6. to six. I know the Brewers lost, but listen, in 25 innings that game was, this game started on May 8th. So that started on this day Sunday, but it ends on this day for today, Monday, May 9th. So we end up using it there as they on this day for the May 9th. Look, wonder how long this game actually went to game time. I do not have that stat for you, but look, talk about a 25-inning game, 7-6. to six. We we saw we've seen some crazy 18, 19 inning games these past few years for the Brewers, but 25 innings, Justin. Oh my goodness. I, I could not imagine. I look, I love I love baseball, but 25 is a little bit too long for me. You almost got three games. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So you got a weekend season. Um all right. It it looks like I did see that it said it took over eight hours and six minutes to complete. What mm, treat? Doesn't have any like thing beyond that, so there must not be an actual like complete insane um thing. It is it it is the longest game in MLB history. Um, and suspended after the seventeenth inning. So, but I could not imagine. I was at I think it when I was really young. If you remember Prince Fielder's walk off home run with that famous yep. picture. Yep. I was at that game, and we oh. we were about to leave because I think it was like the thirteenth inning, and. Or it was whatever inning he hit the home run, and he said, "If he if it goes one past this inning, we will leave because we were not, we weren't going to wait that long." And luckily, he hit that home run, and I got to see that that play. But I could not imagine a twenty five inning game. I, I like I said, I love baseball, but after about Same. nine innings, unless I'm at the park, I'm I'm kind of done. I mean, extra innings is fun to watch, but oh yeah, I, I've watched I agree. the full game already. It's it's a little much. Yep, but. You know, baseball's baseball. I probably would have stayed. I would have tried to stay the whole 25 innings. That's just who I am. If, I don't leave if I'm, the results. If I'm at done. the park, it's a little bit different, but yeah, TV wise, it's gonna be it's a tough watch. It has to be in the background or something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. But here we go on this day in 1995. The Cleveland Indians tie a record of scoring eight runs before making it out. They do beat the Minnesota Twins there 10 nothing. 
And then on this day, 2010, here's a great memory, a Mother's Day memory. So yeah, happy late Mother's Day here to all mothers listening to the show. Our mothers, of course, but uh, yeah, on this day, 2010, Oakland A's Dallas Braden. He becomes the 19th pitcher to throw a perfect game, and they won 4-0 versus Tampa Bay. Yep, that was on Mother's Day back in 2010. So good stat there, a good stat there, and that wraps up on this day. So let's go here to the weekly sports talk here, Justin, and we're going to start in the world of Green Bay Packer football, right? We're going to talk about, look, the draft took place. We talked about the draft last week. We're not going to rehash those picks, but we're going to talk about the signings that took place for the undrafted free agents, right? You got to remember a lot of guys don't get drafted here, even though there are seven rounds. So yeah, we're going to talk about it here. And then we're going to go into talking about the draft signees, right? They were able to secure those guys. So uh, first I'm going to read some of the free agents here. Look, Kiki Chisholm, a wide receiver of Missouri. He did, he did get signed by the Packers and he's, He's been known as a big physical wideout with with nice ball skills who can who can truly run. So he's going to be a nice guy uh, for this Packers. You know, maybe even if just practice squad this first year. But he's six five and he's two hundred fourteen pounds. So look, that's always going to be nice. And as we they already got uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and and then some some Ori Tori. So look, that's going to be an interesting one there. Danny Davis, yeah, Wisconsin. I, I yeah. Everyone's got to love that one. Anthony Turner out of Grandview. Uh, then also Trey Sterling out of Oklahoma State, or a safety there. Uh, I'm just going to read through these. We'll talk more about the other ones. Then Cole Schneider, a guard out of UCF. Caleb Jones, a tackle out of Indiana. I always love you're able to secure some of these offensive linemen on a, on a deal like this. Then Chauncey Manick out of Louisiana, an outside linebacker. And then we got a couple more here. Tyler Goodson, running back out of Iowa. Akio Byers, D-Tack out of Missouri. George Moore, an O-lineman out of Oregon. Rayleigh Texada, cornerback out of Baylor. B.J. Baylor, running back out of Oregon State. And yeah, so like overall, I mean, there's a few more guys here, but just to kind of talk about the main guys we talked about, I want to talk about those receivers, right? This is going to be the big story. Mm-hmm. Danny Davis. Mm-hmm. Kiki Chisholm and Anthony Turner. Look, what, what were your thoughts on these signings? I myself, I was a fan of what they were able to do in the undrafted free agent signings. So what did you think? Um, yeah, I haven't kept up too much with their undrafted free agency. I did see the Danny Davis signing, though, which I loved. Um, the receivers is a big thing. Um, I was thinking about it last night. Uh, there's a lot of receivers right now on their roster. Um, I would say that I want to say there's probably about five that have a guaranteed. I know that there's not a lot guaranteed in football, but I'd say there are about five players that have a guaranteed spot. And that's um, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers. I'd say they have a guaranteed spot. Um, After that though, I think any spot is up for grabs. I like Um, that. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to say these, two draft picks have a guaranteed spot, but I mean, if they get outperformed in camp, they might just be delegated to a practice squad. You never know. Um, they probably, but it's, it's definitely an uphill battle for the undrafted free agents, but I, I love, you know, an undrafted free agent who comes in and does big things. So I'm, I'm hoping we see that it'd be nice. if Danny Davis makes the team at least get to see him for one game. So even if he's on the practice squad, that'd be all right. But I don't know. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited. To, I'm excited for the roster. I'm I'm a huge football person, so I'm excited for football to be back. Yeah, 
fantasy football comes back too. We are going to be covering oh, yes. that a lot. It's going to be exciting. Um, look, some of these other signing, like talking about the offensive linemen we talked about, hopefully this brings in some competition, right? Because I think always good competition in the spring slash summer is going to make, you know, even better men in the fall. So I'm looking forward to that because, look, they drafted a lot of offensive linemen, you know, who they got. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes there with the Packers. And, yeah, we'll be giving updates here during summer about what we hear from camp, all that good stuff. So stick around always, you know, of course, for the sports crew and that. But we got to talk about the Packers and the draft signees as well. So they went out, right? You got to sign those draft picks, right? You draft them is one thing. Signing them is the next thing. They wasted no time. They signed on Thursday. This was already last Thursday. They signed their their two first-round picks in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. And then they also were able to sign some other guys, of course, that were drafted. But uh, right now, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, and Rasheed Walker, the four who are currently not signed. And this is this is as of Friday, so I got to make sure that they still aren't signed. I don't think they, those guys have signed yet, though, Justin. I don't know what you've uh, seen. No, as of, as of yesterday and um, a little bit, I've looked a few minutes ago, they have not yet signed. Which I'm not worried about too much. It's been it's only been about a week or two after the draft, and they have they have time to negotiate and oh yeah, and sign their contract. That's another thing I want to point out because look, Walker and Wyatt are currently two of the three first round picks across the NFL to have signed, and that was I think there's more guys now, but the point is there's not a lot of guys who have signed. So yeah, look, they I mean they signed very quick. No worries there for the Packers. Just want to point out that some of these guys are still not secured yet. And there's and- about. Eric Stokes Four last months. year. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Stokes, he signed June 3rd last year. So, yeah, well, well, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. But there's plenty of uh, time. They're just, they're in camp right now. So they've got stuff. Last Friday, we did get to see um, the rookie class on the field. So that was, that was good. Matt LaFleur got to work with the rookies and see what, what, what he's got. You know, um, I just want to take a quote from him here. He said, it's like getting a new bunch of toys. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, that, that's the way he wants to look at it, right? I mean, uh, you got you got more weapons, right, to see how you can utilize these guys in the offense or even defensive, right? Talked about last week, even that Joe Barry came out a winner in the draft when you get guys like Walker, Wyatt, and others. I think that's exciting there. But anything else here before we talk about the Packers and the Giants squaring off in London? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay, so let's let's get into this here briefly. Packers, yep, they announced that that game will be su- October 9th, and that game kickoff is set for eight thirty a.m. So, yeah, um, look, I personally, right, I don't know. Well, we've already talked about this on the podcast. Everyone, we're we're not a fan of this that Packers played in London solely based on you're taking away a home game from Lambo. That you can't mm-hmm. do that, and now it's. So now it's like eight, eight and a neutral game. And I, I don't not a fan of it, but they did reward the Packers. I feel that they made the opponent, let's say an easier opponent, right? In the Giants, I, it's still a travel. It's still right. I, I know a lot of, you know, media people who have played, you know, like, I think I point out Pat McAfee was not a fan of this at all. And then we've talked about it, right? Like players aren't a fan of this. So. It's certainly an interesting, you know, of course, it's, you know, generate, you know, NFL internationally, more revenue, right? Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I am against it, but you know, Packers, they have to, they probably have to make a trip soon because there's a lot of Packer fans internationally, but what were your thoughts here? Packers going to London. I, I'm not a fan of the London games personally. I mean, one, I, you have to wake up at eight 30 on a Sunday and I, I hate doing, I hate doing that. I hate waking up really early, which is, Hilarious because a lot of my work schedules or a lot of my work shifts start at 545, but that's because when we were making the schedule, those were the only ones left up for grab. But I hate waking up early. I I don't like the London games. Um I don't I don't know why. It's just they've always been a thing for me. It's just I'm not waking up earlier on a Sunday unless I've got church than like 10 a.m. Um and the fact that they're taking away a game from Lambo, which is one of the most, if not the most iconic sport or football stadium and one of the most iconic stadiums in football, at least um, United States or United States sports. One of the most iconic stadiums in the United States, I'll say that. Um, that really sucks. I get that they can't take it away in a away game because then they'd have nine games at home and then seven on the road with a neutral location. But I, I wish they would have done it next year when the Packers had one more road game so they could have made that a neutral game. Because taking away a game from Lambeau is, yeah, I it's mean, horrible. I mean, look, that's a, every game at Lambeau sells out, and now you're taking away a sellout game at Lambeau for a game that will probably sell out in London. But that's yeah. taking away money from a small team in a small city. Yeah, the city of Green Bay hurts from this, right? As you mentioned, mm-hmm. look, the fans hurt because look, Lambeau Field has the greatest home field advantage in all of the NFL based on, you know, temperature, fan base, right? January. the atmosphere. Yeah. I, and I know this game's in October, but still it's week five, Sunday, October 9th, but look, it still hurts the Packers here, but you know, Justin wrap up here. You want to go with Packers. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about more with the schedule when it's released, the 17 opponents. Cause I mean, we do have the, we do have the opponents, but we don't have, the weeks of everything else. And that comes out May 12th. So we'll be covering that. And yeah, I mean, you're looking forward to that too, right? So we are here. We'll be covering it, of course, on the sports crew, but yeah, without anything else here before we talk baseball. No, I'm ready. All right. So with that here, let's talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and the Brewers. They have been hot again. You know, they've been hot. It seems these past few weeks, and this is awesome. Schedule got easier, but They've been able to make the most of it, and that's what you need to do. Great teams capitalize on on times like this. And look, the offense. This is like we talked about the the bell. It is the bell has been the story. And wow, uh, Yelich has been hot. Telez hot. Adamas hot. So you know, having those three guys. Urias is back, and Urias is doing a Luis Urias things. Hunter Green takes him deep on a ninety nine mile per hour fastball. Look, this has been phenomenal um, by the Brewers. The offensive approach, I think, is the greatest story. Um, it just seems, you know, with the fastball, right? You know, uh, they've been able to really capitalize on the fastball, I'd say. But they, it's just been, you know, we talked about having them having two hitting coaches now this year, but they've been really able to just keep their hands in on the fastball, right? Make a nice, nice approach. Take it the other way if they need to. Not focusing on pulling the ball every at bat, and you know that's when that's put together winning at bats. I think for the Brewers, I think. Also, like the plate discipline, right? That's been that's been pretty good. I know they struck out. They struck out a good, good bit against um, 
Hunter Green there on Thursday, but like this Brave series, the other than Max Freed, kind of cooling him down, it felt. Uh, but you know, Justin, what have you thought so far about the Brewers you know, these past few week past few weeks offensively? It's looked great. Oh, it is. It has looked amazing. I mean, early season start wasn't too great, but I mean the Brewers and again oh the Bell and the series against the Reds definitely helped, but they're first in runs, um first in RBIs. Tied for the lead in home runs. I believe they're sixth in um, OPS. They're first in slugging percentage. They're looking really good. The average is still a little bit lower than I would like it to be the team average, but there's not too much to complain about. And the strikeout numbers are there, but that is something that a lot of, if you've been a Brewers fan for a while, you know that this team, no matter what, they always seem to strike out. But I'm just happy that they're, they're producing runs and they're winning and that's all I can really ask for especially when the offense is looking better than it was last season yeah look I credit you know getting co-hitting coaches I love this I talked about this in my brewer previews and even in the offseason Connor Dawson Ozzie Timmons both of those guys having one be more analytical the other being you know more you know your traditional hitting coach and I think that has been mm-hmm. the story uh great hiring there and look brewers they had 20 home runs in six games in that six game stretch versus the pirates and reds that's a record for any six-game stretch of a season in franchise history. That could have been a style of the week as well. But look, I mean, you touched on it great. The Brewers, they've been they've been firing on all cylinders. And let's talk about so the Brewer prediction challenge here. Got a little interesting, right? Um, there were six games on the slate. Alex went. He said five and one, and right okay. now they are four and one, and I went four and two. So. It depends on how they do on Mother's Day here. The game kicks off first pitch, 1235, and we don't know the result yet. So as I said, we're going to have to let you guys know what happens there. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Brewers to win. I, I don't, you know, Brewer Prediction Challenge doesn't mean much in the long run. It's about it's about the Brewers winning games here. So, of course, I'm rooting for the Brewers. But if they do lose, I do win Brewers Prediction Challenge at week four. As I predicted four and two, I usually am the one who goes five and one, but I let Alex go first and he took my five and one spot and I couldn't go six and all because look, they're playing the defending world series champs at Atlanta. So, you know, at that point I had to be reasonable, but look, I'm still excited because this look Brewers have been playing well, one of the best teams right now in baseball. They're hot, but let's go into the Brewer prediction challenge here. So Justin, how this works, I'm going to read you the six games they got going on this upcoming week in baseball. And you're going to tell me, the first record that comes to your mind, how do you think they'll perform in these six games? So we have two, three game series here or this mm-hmm. year for this week, I guess it's three, three game series at Cincinnati versus the Reds, 540, 540 and 1135 are the first pitch times. So that's an early Wednesday game there off day Thursday, rare off day, I should mm-hmm. add. And then they travel to Miami. They do a three game series. there, 545, 10 and 1240 weird times there. So, what do you think here, Justin? How do you think they're performing in these six games? I hate going, you know, six and zero, but I have to say six and zero. I don't see them losing against the Reds because I mean the Reds have three wins this year, uh, and then they've got Lauer, Burns, and Woodruff against the Marlins. I see them going six and zero this week. Yeah, Marlins have struggled offensively, which has been a story. You know, that ballpark sucks for hitting. No, That's yeah, fun. That uh, we get to see now Avi Garcia reunion a little bit. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But look, I 
this Reds team's not good. Uh, no, like, they, they, they they won a game. They, they were able to win game one of the doubleheader, and then they proceeded to lose, and they won oh, game so one of the doubleheader. Sorry, four wins. I did not mean to disrespect. Did, did you see why they won game the first game of the doubleheader? They had a seven-run inning because the Pirates ran out of catchers, so they had to put <laughs> they had to put um uh, Josh Van Meter behind the plate who hasn't caught in major league. He's a, he's oh, an infielder, right? Oh. Infielder, outfielder, utility man, and. They just had to throw fastballs because look, this is a you think this guy can't do anything else. Yeah, he can't so block anything. Game on the doubleheader. Yeah. They they had him in there. They give up seven runs in the inning. He does so. You know, talk about the Reds getting a gift there oh, again. They need all. Do the Pirates have? So here's the story. Uh, Andrew Knapp gets ejected, and then their backup catcher Roberto, or one of their other catchers, Roberto Perez, IL, and then their catcher um, who was in. Then what happens is. He gets injured. He gets injured running the bases. So Josh. Oh, me. so yeah. <laughs> and then Andrew Knapp, they were ended up being okay because Andrew Knapp caught game two of the doubleheader. So they were all good there, but he got ejected. So uh, that was a story there. Reds get a gift there. Reds win that yep. game. And then they proceed to lose the night. So like their win streak uh, lasted for only a couple hours, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, Brewers are going to take care of them. I think they sweep that. And then I'll I, look, I can't go six now because he went six now. So I'll go five yeah. and one. So I, I say maybe they drop one in Miami. Maybe Sandy Alcantara is going to give a nice outing uh, or Jesus Lazardo. Look, they Marlins can develop pitchers. They've always been able to. Mm-hmm. So my, my only worry is that that Sunday game with Woodruff, because he's been a little shaky, but I mean, they're facing Eliezer, Eliezer Hernandez, Hernandez who's yep. doing much better. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's been a little bit struggling as of late, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see there, uh, you know, six games out of the road. A nine-game road road trip they're on right now, and they're on game three. Of course, was Sunday on that road trip, but yeah, hopefully we don't get any rainouts in Cincinnati. Look, I you know making up games is just gonna hurt the squad, hurt both teams. But look, Reds aren't competing for much right now. If anything, competing out to be one of the worst teams in baseball. But worst teams in baseball history. Yeah, that's I mean, that's where I'm going. On track. Yeah, they're, they're on a good pace right now. So. Um, you would you'd imagine they break out of the funk when Votto comes back, India comes back, right? I mean, there's uh, they they've dealt with a lot of injury right now, but otherwise, you know, this team is still, you know, you're Benny Brandon Drury uh, as your two hitter. Um, that this this has Triple A lineup all over it, other than Fam and Mustakas. I you can only imagine Fam gets dealt at the deadline. Same with Mustakas if some contenders interested there. But wow. Um, but yeah, that wraps up the Brewer prediction challenge there. I. I do want to say one thing for prediction challenge. The stats are not exactly on your side to win this week. Uh, or the the week that will be wrapping up today is the Brewers are the best team in baseball history on Mother's Day. They have a 34 and 20 record. Yep. And then everyone, you always see the Easter moment, right? Um, you see Dale Swain's home run. I, I believe they show that like every Easter. You know what else you see? Bill Hall's Mother's Day walk off with the pink oh. bat. Yep. You see that every year, every Mother's Day. No, I have not seen it yet this Mother's Day, but I, when I go on my phone after, I guarantee I'll see it. Mm-hmm. Great moment in Brewers history. And look, Manny yeah. Pena also with the three-run. Oh, yeah, against the Mets. Yeah, no, Freddy I, Peralta made his major league debut and struck out 13 batters. I believe that was at Colorado, too. That was in It was in Field. Colorado. It was that in Colorado, was, yes. Like, yeah, Brewers have all the awesome mother's day memories look i'm certainly rooting for them i you know like i said brewers winning comes first prediction challenge comes later so uh yeah, yeah uh rowdy Tellez, i think he might win nl player of the week so brewers might have back-to-back players win player of the week 
So I think that's that's awesome. Well, the Dama's winning it last week, and then hopefully Telez wins it this week. Sure Andrew McCutcheon, got to talk about that. Andrew McCutcheon does have is in fact on the COVID IL. He does have COVID. Yeah. He needs two negative tests in a span of twenty four hours to return. So what happens there, Mike Brasso? He does report. He comes back, and I believe from Nashville. So he is now mm-hmm. with the squad. He made it there in the third inning, is what we heard, and uh, that's going to be good. Uh, Keston Hira gets optioned down. As uh, Luis Arias comes back, look, Hira hits that home run, but it and was certainly due. on him on YouTube, and then they put him down. Yep, you know? yep, but at the end of the day, I think this is a statement. Look, Rowdy Tellez won that job outright. I know there was mm-hmm. platoon talks, which didn't make sense as Rowdy Tellez actually handles left-hand pitching well, and uh, Hira's career OPS versus lefties is, I believe, over 200 points worse than his career OPS versus righties. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that was a platoon that was never going to work. I, I know they yeah. thought you thought it would. Um, talking defense, look, Colton Wong and Lorenzo Kane, who are usually just strong suits defensively, have not looked like the, the strong suits defensively that they are these past few weeks. So that's something to keep in mind. I think the Kane thing, you know, um, he's getting older. Atlanta, like McCutcheon was even talking about the ball plays funny, has funny hops in Atlanta. Uh, so at the end of the day, look, both both teams are making errors these past few weeks or past few days, I believe in Atlanta. So um, with that, I think that's something to keep in mind, but uh, Colton Wong, I think will be fine defensively. Lorenzo Kane last year of contract. He's, I mean, he's looked abysmal. 175 average OPS at 449 OPS plus at 32. Look, he looks, you know, I hate to go this far. He looks like Jackie Bradley jr. Last year. Um, Just overall. It's not looked good, uh, but I think with Kane, uh, you know, like he's such a smart baseball player that I that part doesn't worry me as much. But he just he doesn't look good, and he's not even an everyday player anymore. He is he's a guy you start three or four days a week. Tyrone Taylor has played phenomenal, and I credit him, you know, mm-hmm. for how he's done. So he's gonna be that kind of that guy. I think you know playing him in center. Renfro's got that cannon right, so. Overall, yeah, I, go ahead. I, yeah, I think Kane, and I love Kane, but I think he's done after the season, unfortunately. I mean, just looking at the Brewers minor league, uh, three their top three prospects are all outfielders. Mitchell, it's Garrett Mitchell's Garrett season Mitchell. next year. I love, I love Garrett Mitchell, um, but he's actually third. He's right below Sal Freelick and Jerry Weimer on the prospect list. So Look, I... I'm, you know, Joey Weimer's a solid prospect. I know we didn't really plan to talk prospects, but Weimer's a solid guy. I do have some concerns with his swing that I hope that they're corrected because he looks solid, but I'm afraid we can see kind of like Keston Hira. You know, maybe he mm-hmm. starts off hot, but like I think he's a guy you can figure out as a there's I, I see some flaws in his swings, some flaws in his game where uh I think maybe like Keston Hira, you could like his strikeout numbers would be absurd right now. So I he those need to be corrected. Frelick, I, you know, a smooth player all around. And then also, I, I think Garrett Mitchell's the best out of those three. And I, I know yeah. he's ranked three. His he's season sweet... isn't doing too great right now, I, but. They moved him up. Like, he's a sweet swing and outfielder. His swing, you know, look what he did in single A double or what he did in the lower levels. I think, you know, that's going to translate soon. And I think he'll be ready next year. So that's yeah, why I, I mean, think. That's his, his ETA is 2023. So, so. I, I do want to see him. I did like the pick when they picked him. But our our track record of first round picks is not the greatest. So I was looking through that, and I I don't even want to mention some of the first round picks that were 
It's supposed to be meant like the future, right? But now we see, you know, it's okay. The other guys pan out in Burns, Woodruff, right? I, I know Hater we traded for, but like a lot of these guys we traded trade, for yeah. and we develop. So, like Hater was. We can was, develop pitchers very well and we can develop outfield really well. I mean, yeah. We've had a log jam in the outfield for the past many years now, ever since that Brett Phillips trade, I'd say. Yeah, I mean they've always had at least four probably quality starting outfielders. But first baseman, we're on just a transitional here. First baseman, we're on number eleven since Prince. Yeah, Fielder. we're not gonna we're not gonna name them all here, even though I think we could. But um, I you know it's an interesting story. Tlaz where's number eleven as well. Look, he's been he might. I'm gonna compare his season. I think he's gonna have a 2018 Jesus Aguilar season. That might be. That might be. I don't even know. I think that's a fair. I think that's a really fair comparison. I, what do you think? That's a, that's a fair comparison. I mean, Rowdy Tellez, he's never had like the really big season. It's funny. I was, um, I play MLB the Show a lot, and one of my in one of my career modes, I got drafted to the Blue Jays, so I knew who Rowdy Tellez was before he even came to the Brewers. Um, but I, I always know that he's that kind of big. You know, he has the ability to put the ball in play, but he's never really had a huge season and I think he's having that breakout season now he's never got the end now he's yeah and, and yeah and last year I mean he came over and he hit 272 at the end of the year with the Brewers so maybe it's the change of scenery that's working for him um I think he has the chance to have that breakout season but like you said I think it needs to be handled with caution at the end of the year because if it is like that Jesus Aguilar season what happens after it I don't know but, um, does he continue or does he, you know, fall back a little bit? I think you'll see from him. Um, average will be two fifties, two sixties, thirty home runs, hundred RBIs. You know, OPS plus will be probably like one thirty, right? One like one four. Like he'll be above average offensive player production wise. Like OPS at one sixty two mm-hmm. right now. But I think you'll see a drop off in that OPS plus. Obviously, when it come because he's not gonna be his OPS is not gonna be nine twenty five. Uh, come around for, you know, the whole year. So yeah. just to keep that in mind, but like the slate up coming up this week, as we talked about, and with that here, you got anything else brewers before we go into talking some bucks? Uh, I do not think so. I think all right, everything is covered. So yeah, let's talk about it. game two, game three take place. We're not gonna spend much on game two. Look, Boston, Boston played well. They played their second game. there at home. And they played well, to be honest. That was the story. They played mm-hmm. Grant Williams was probably the big story that game. I think playing Giannis one-on-one. Look, that one on the game, not double-teaming. When they double-team, they – look, Giannis is not that same player he was in 2019. He can't build the wall. He's just going to pass. He's going to find shooters, and Bucks have shooters around him, and that's what happened. Look, game – game three was – I don't even know what to think about game three. Look, game three, I, it felt like the Celtics played so bad, it, it seemed, and – you know, the Bucks maybe weren't the best at moments either, but it, it felt kind of like a sloppier game three and mm-hmm. uh Bucks. It felt like it felt like they won more than two. Like like I can't believe it was only a two point game. The honest played yeah. 42, 12, and eight. I thought it felt like the Bucks were up double digits. Well, I mean, they were leading. Yeah, and they were what by thirteen at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, I think it was more so. than that. But I mean, then they they had a pretty sloppy fourth quarter. I mean, granted they still got the win, but I mean, when you have a lead like that, you cannot especially against a team like the Celtics, you cannot take your foot off the gas by any means on offense or defense. I think you have to stay on them. Yeah. Uh, Holiday taking 30 shots drives me crazy. 
a little bit. Yeah. But again, I know Milton's out, right? So he's taking some of his shots. Somebody has to pick up the slack. Yeah. Somebody has to um, look Connaughton four for 10. He had some threes that were interesting. Grace Allen could get anything going, only three. It was over three. Wesley Matthews, one for five. Bobby only a three for nine. Bobby didn't play a lot down the stretch. That was uh, mm-hmm. that. So 26 minutes only. Um, they opted to go with Wesley Matthews, 32, 32 minutes there. And I think, you know, Portis lost some minutes there with Hill returning too. So I, I wonder mm-hmm. what Bobby Portis's role is going to be here. I don't think it's going to be much again. Like I talked about this with, you know, Jared and Alex, previous guests on. It's kind of like Serge Ibaka. Uh, look, he's done. He's done nothing here in the playoffs. And, like, he's a guy you traded for. You give DiVincenzo. Look, I don't think he matches up well against the Celtics team. And I think the same kind of goes for Bobby. I Because, look, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think against the Celtics, he won't see as much playing time just because they don't really have – they have a lot more younger athletic guys than those big guys. And Giannis can cover the post pretty much by himself. Um, so I think we see a much smaller unit go out there against the Celtics. But, I mean, you face another team that has those bigger men, then Bobby will definitely see an expanded role. But for now, I think he's going to kind of have to sit with about 25 minutes per game. And I'll take that, you know, and he didn't shoot well offensively, which I think he's due for a big game uh, during game four. But, look, yeah, momentum here is with the Bucks. Tatum, wow, talk about a stinker. Uh, he played, you know, it's a classic Jason Tatum game. I always talk about, right, he's going to put up 30 one night, and then he's going to have the 4 for 19 stinker with 10 points that he had. He had uh, Saturday. So that was a story. I think Marcus Smart is also a guy like this team. These guys are inconsistent. Marcus Smart, nine points, one for eight shooting. You know, and then you also, you have old reliable and Jalen Brown, like always consistent there. It feels for the feels for them other than game one, but in general, Brown's always their most consistent scorer, 27 mm-hmm. points, 8 for 16 shooting. Al Horford shocked, you know. Al Horford, he's a Bucks killer. He always, you know, it seems he always is 22, 16, and 5. He's just such a smart player, and, you know, he makes the right plays. He kind of led that, that rally in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was the facilitator. He was the scorer. He was it all, I felt, for the squad. And what did you think there, well, game four defensively? Um, Me, game three. Yeah, I'm at game three. Yeah, no. Um, I thought the Bucks did a did a fairly good job. Um, but I like I was gonna say with Horford, he's seen it all. Um, I mean, he's 35. I don't know exactly how many seasons he's played, but he's seen it all in the NBA. So he's gonna make those smart decisions. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna do. He's gonna beat your team any way that he thinks he can. Um, but yeah, no, I thought the Bucks played a played a good or did a good job. Like I said, fourth quarter, I feel like they definitely could have played a little bit more intense defense, but you know, I'm happy with a win and I will take it any way they can get it either, whether it's by two points or 20. So. So Jason Tatum finished 0 for 10 against West Matthews yesterday. Just want to, or yesterday means Saturday for game three Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to point that out, but for the defensive intensity there, but look, okay. The game I'm, I accidentally brought up here game four. That's going to be tonight, 6.30, that Monday night here um, on TNT. And that is going to be, of course, at the Forum. So, yeah, Chris Milton, of course, is still ruled out. We did get an update. He's on track, it seems, to return to the conference finals is what I've I've been understanding. If they make it, yes. If they make it. I'm saying 
for yeah okay but um i know i know bucks they, up, they should but bucks up of course the series two to one mm-hmm. so again this game is pivotal here this this game is a must win of course for both squads you know for the bucks if you win this you go three one you're up three one uh you're guaranteed you know you're not i mean you have the game five in boston right and then um you potentially get another game. You you can end this in six at at the forum. So, look, these games are crucial for the Bucks, especially game four. If you're able to just take both at home, that is going to be huge in this series. But yeah, worst thing. Oh, I would hate if this game go goes seven. You know, we already had people got gray hair from last year's semis against the Nets. That was oh, that, that was that was, that was tough. Lot. That was a lot saved of by Katie's big toe. So yes, we did. But um, look, I'm looking forward to keeping you know following this Bucks squad. I like I've said they look great without Middleton, and I think you know I, I don't want to get ahead of myself like you said, but look, this squad looks they they look just like last year or better. I would say you know I could even say they look better. Look, I um, think they do look a little bit better, and I just think that goes to like how the team is comp- like the team composition. And I think, you know, I'm looking forward to watching more playoff games on this Bucks squad, as all I'll say. It's a lot of the same team, especially the starters. They're all they're all the same yeah. six, except for Grayson Allen. And P.J. P- Tucker, not really. P.J. Tucker, not yeah, he left. But, I mean, other than guys like Serge Ibaka, I mean, everybody has played on this team, especially with Wesley Matthews coming back. So I think it's that team chemistry. They've, you know, all these players have played together for at least two seasons now except for Grayson Allen. So yeah, for I think sure. that, that team chemistry does a lot too. Well, let's talk about other series here in the NBA playoffs before we go to trivia now. So okay. Warriors lead the series two to one against the Grizzlies. Heat, they lead the series two to one as of when we're recording. And the Suns lead it two to one as we're recording. And those game game fours are taking place on Mother's Day here, 2.30 and 7. So we'll know the results then by then. 9 p.m. Then West Coast game for the the Warriors Grizzlies game four. That's after the Bucks game, which will be tonight. Uh, 9 p.m. And that's also on TNT. Both games there. So yeah. Um. Hopefully, I guess to wrap up here, who would you rather have the Bucks face if they make the conference finals? Would you rather have the Heat or 76ers? I'll let you go first. I would rather have the 76ers. I am still scarred from that loss. Um down in the bubble to the Heat. I know we beat them last year. In the playoffs, I think they swept them in the first round, but I I don't like the Heat. I, there's definitely a bit of a rivalry, I think, there, and I don't want to see them again in the playoffs. Um, worst comes to worst, we see them again. We have to play, we play them again, and hopefully things end up different this time, but I would rather face the 76ers. 76ers for me, not a doubt. I think, I think you look, Wesley Matthews, we talk about what he just did with Tatum. Look, you throw him on Harden. You have Giannis Lopez in the post. I mean, the, then you got you got to worry about Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, those guys. Look, Danny Green's going to shoot himself out of the game. I, I like I like the Bucks in that series if it becomes 76ers Bucks. But again, you know, we're not trying to get too far ahead. Just previewing a little bit there. Uh, okay, lastly here, Justin, are you ready for some trivia? Yes, I am. Here we go. So a little grab bag by that. I mean, there's a little bit of there's a few a few different things in here. So. All Let's right. talk about it here. Five questions. We're starting with UW Milwaukee. Wow, some basketball, men's basketball. Here we go. All right. Who did UWM play 
on homecoming? Um, I got options if you need them. Yeah, I I, I need them. I know, like I can picture kind of like the logo, but I can't get the name. If I get the options, that'd be great. All right, yeah, here you go. Okay, so option number one is Rhode Island. Option number two. Eastern Kentucky. It's Eastern Kentucky. And there it is. Ding, ding, ding. One I was, I was thinking, I knew it was East something. I just need to hear. I was, I, as you said, Rhode Island, I was like, is it Eastern Kentucky? And then he said Eastern Kentucky. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Here we go. Here, one for one. True yeah. or false? Is this statement true or false? I guess is how I should wear this. UWM went undefeated against UWGB this past year. Men's basketball. Yeah, I, I think it was. Um, I'm going to say true. They did, in fact, go undefeated, right? They beat them both games. They almost lost, which was scary, but you know, Donovan Newby put up a career game. Golston played well. I believe they're PVJ list in both of those games. Both but, players leaving um, too. Yeah. Uh, everyone everyone entering the transfer portal right now. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be interesting when we talk about our preview. If we do a preview next year there, but all right, here we go. So now I got some 2022 Brewers in here. So all right. Who leads the Brewers right now in walks? And this is for hitters. I got options. A, Christian Yelich, B, Willie Adamas, or C, Colton Wong. I'm on box stats right now, and I, I can switch to Brewers, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Good. Um, I'm going to say Yelich. I know he got walked a lot early season, and I know his, his OBP is pretty high considering his average. This, I'm going to say yeah, Yelich. This one was a tough one. I would have won Yelich here, too. It was actually Willie Adamas. He has 16 Adamas? walks. Uh, to Yelch's, I believe, 13 right now. So that's so it an, close. It, it's very close. Next one here. How many Brewers have five plus home runs? I do have options. Do you need them? Oh, okay. I know I might need them. I know I know Telez does. I know Adamas does. It's, I want to say there's one. The more. options are two, three, and four, if that helps you out. I know Renfro, or yeah, Renfro does. I'm going to say, I know three for sure, but I am, uh, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go through, does Yelich have five? That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to go four. It was three. It was Adamus oh Renfro Telez. You were, you had Yelich, it there. Yelich, Yelich does is, not. He's have, got four. Oh yep. Yeah. It's. That's how trivia yeah. is. Sometimes it's you know it's, it can be. Tough. I should have just went with my gut. That's should have been three. Look, I've been doing trivia now for a while. That's always you always. I second go with guess the gut. myself. I wanted to give Yelich the benefit of the doubt. All right, here's a little tougher one here. Win percentage wise, the worst team in the AL is, of course, you get options here. A, the Boston Red Sox. B, the Oakland Athletics. Or C, the Wait, Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers. Ding ding ding. You are correct. They're eight for eight. Eight. They're. Eight wins, 18 losses. They're 8-18 and 18 so far this year. Was, Win percentage, 308. Yeah. And they were projected, you know, and they weren't projected to do so hot, but they were they were a trendy upwards. They've improved their win totals drastically the past few years. So three of five for Justin Brenner. Not bad whatsoever. You're very close. You, I mean, you were, you were right there, almost the five and five, but that's how we roll trivia here Plus. on the sports crew. That's, you know, it can be tough, yeah. tough game. But only reason I know that Tigers one is because I was talking with my dad two nights ago and I we talked about teams that are just good, horrible. And the Reds came up and then I looked in the AL and I saw the Tigers and I think they had seven wins at the time and the so the Tigers and Royals. So that's the only reason I know that one. 
there you go. You still got it right. So awesome work there, Justin. And yeah, anything else today before we wrap up here? No, I think I'm good. Uh, we want, we do want to hear though, as I mentioned, Justin Brenner is of the UWM post. Yes. Any good stuff coming along? Uh, I'll make sure to, of course, link your work down in the in the bio. Make sure people check that out. Look, he Justin did a wonderful video on myself, a video article turned out excellent. So thank you again on that. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, um, what do you got in the works? Yeah, I ha- uh, so I've got a draft recap and kind of off season recap for the Packers coming up eventually, and then I have. Um, I'll have a Bucks recap after the Celtics series. Um, and then on Meaty Milwaukee, which is which we have for classwork here, I should have a story. I'm looking to interview Ben Baker and another uh, Milwaukee uh, basketball, Panthers basketball player about the transition to do a new coach. So that should be coming up shortly. Awesome. Looking forward to that. That sounds like some great stuff. I've got to shout out our social medias here before we go. Uh, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew is where you can find our Instagram at JD sports pod, the Twitter, YouTube, Jordan Drew, the sports crew, Facebook, Jordan Drew, the sports crew, make sure to, you know, find us on there. Like that page we've posted, you know, we've made a little event thing on there for the live show. So, you know, if you're going, make sure to mark it as going, we'd love to see that, but you know, any, I guess to wrap up here, Justin, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you coming on and having me back. Of course, a lot of fun. So, Yeah, with that here, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.